Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. All right, game three is tonight. It does kind of feel like a holiday because there's actually a game tonight after just taking this whole week off. And then Wolf, they're going to play twice before the next time we do a show on Monday. Joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now is uh, Phoenix Suns broadcaster John Bloom. Bloomer, what's going on? Luke, good morning. Uh, and it is a holiday. Uh, so if you're celebrating Cinco de Mayo, uh, felicidades out there. And if you are uh, celebrating the fact that it's game day like we are, uh, welcome to the club. And one other one to celebrate. If you are a Napoli soccer fan like I am, auguri, which is what they say in Italy for congratulations uh, as they won their first Scudetto in 33 years. And I'm still kind of basking in the glow in something I'm sure both of you have no knowledge of no, right now. I Am I right thinking that? I don't hate that because I have, like, distant relatives from an area near Naples in Italy. So if I were to be involved in this, that would be who I'd want to win. Uh, (laughs) Not where I thought this was going to start, but uh, we're going to look at the game uh, tonight, Bloomer. And it's, you know, the stakes. I mean, you're down 2-0. Teams don't come back from down 3-0. But 2-0 is still manageable. We just saw Golden State do it in the last round. So to just start there, one game, Sunday have to win tonight what in your mind is the biggest thing I think it's um, playing as a team Luke I think you know right now the normal thing that happens when you get in a hole like this is a lot of blame game right we're, we're trying to figure out who is to blame for the fact that the Suns lost the first two games in Denver and uh, really when you kind of zoom out from that and you look at it you say well Denver was the top team in the Western Conference all season long they have the most continuity of any team really in the league all season long uh, and so did they do anything Thing out of uh, character in those two games? No, I don't think they did. Uh, I think they held serve, and clearly in game one, they were super impressive. In game two, neither team was all that impressive, but the Nuggets used the momentum at the end, uh, and maybe some tired legs on the Suns' behalf, and the fact that they had lost their point guard in the third quarter. All that to their advantage, they got the job done. But now it's up to the Suns, and I, I heard Wolf uh, you know, talking about bridges I can't pronounce and stuff like that uh, with regards to the Lord of the Rings. Reference. I love it. I do think, though, for me, the biggest thing is the Suns need to come out and play like a basketball team. It's a tricky thing when you haven't had uh, a massive amount of experience playing like a team, and we've talked a lot about that, but I believe they have it in them, and even with Chris Paul sidelined, I think it's going to be about going out there and playing the way that they've been practicing, the way that they've been training to play uh, under this coaching staff and with this group. Uh, that's what it's going to take tonight. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Johnny. Seriously, it's going to come down of the players as well. There are a lot of people that point to Monty Williams and want to see Monty Williams make some adjustments, uh, mess with his rotation here. How do you think Monty Williams has done through two games? I think it's just been something we've been watching happen uh, all together. And uh, the coaches, and it's not just Monty, but it's him and his staff have really been racking their brains because they've been trying to find solutions. It's not like they're just yeah. showing up and saying, all right, guys, here's the ball. Go ahead and play your best. That's not what they do. They're, they're really they're, they're firing through all of the tape as much as you could possibly imagine. They're, they're going through all the matchup possibilities. They're trying to look into the past and see which guys have played well against which other guys and teams and all that stuff, right? So they have all that information at their disposal. In some cases, I feel like sometimes it can be too much information. 
sometimes sure. you have to simplify. And in this case, you know, maybe that is what they're going to do, but it's, it's not easy to do that because, again, we're talking about additions, like adding a guy like Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren, who have not seen the floor yet in this series or in the playoffs. Uh, and what that means is more tinkering and more adjustments and more new groups on the floor. And the biggest thing about being a team, I, and I'm not going to take that back. I'm going to rewind that for a second. It's not the biggest thing, but one of the most important things about being a team is establishing roles within that team, within that group, so that everybody knows exactly what they're being asked to do, makes it easier on them being able to accomplish uh, you know, that task. And that has been a challenge for this coaching staff. It's, it's because they're human. It's because they're looking out there in their room and they're seeing everybody with different skill sets and guys that can be uh, used in different points in time. There's not a guy on this roster that you look at and say, well, he can't give us anything. And, and that's a good thing, but it's also a difficult thing from a coach's standpoint. I don't envy it. I mean, I don't have the, the lineups and the rotations that I can tell you or the coaches, hey, why don't you guys try this? This is the answer. No, they're trying, uh, and hopefully tonight they come up with some better answers. Well, we're talking to John Bloom. Bloomer, uh, along those lines, I have, and I have nothing to base this on other than I remember the guy putting up 30 against Sacramento or 24 against OKC, but I have this odd feeling that Terrence Ross is going to give the Suns double digits off the bench, even if that's just 10 or 11 points, which is very odd since he's only played nine minutes in the entire playoffs. So in your mind, if they get a a scoring jolt off the bench tonight, who is it most likely to come from? I think he's uh, a, a possibility. I mean, look, the, the reports are that campaign is going to be into the starting lineup. Uh, and so if that's the case, uh, then you're going to probably have, uh, you know, either Josh Okogie or Tory Craig uh, on the bench as well. My hope is that one of those guys, based on the fact that they have been called on all season uh, and with this group, I'm talking about playing as a team, that their teammates know what to expect from those guys, maybe a little bit more than a guy like Terrence Ross and T.J. Warren. And that's what you have to consider it's not just the trust that the coaches have in these players it's the trust that the core group of guys that are playing the bulk of minutes have in those players as well and so my hope is that we're able to see that now one way it could happen faster than others is if guys like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant get out to quick starts and the Suns can open up maybe a little bit of a lead putting less pressure on the guys coming off the bench to get the job done I know that's maybe asking a lot against a team like Denver who's been playing very good basketball all year but I think the Suns can do it and I think a big part of it can be the atmosphere in that gym uh, and can be everything that, that uh, this game three is going to have to offer downtown. You know, last week, of course, I was laying there in bed and I woke up early at about 4.30 in the morning. My eye cracked open, Johnny, and I thought, Devin Booker's going to go off tonight. And guess what? That's exactly what Devin Booker did. Had a legendary night. Went off. Do you have any feeling as to who might be the guy? We play a game called Kevin or Devin. Who's going to score more points tonight? Who's going to score more points? Is it going to be Kevin Durant or Devin Booker? Do you have an inclination, Johnny, as to which way you might go on that? It's a tr- it's it's tough, right? I mean, they've been neck and neck, and I I am a big fan of the game. I enjoy that you guys play it, uh, and I think it's all in good fun. And and, and obviously, uh, they both have uh, the propensity to go off, as you say, Wolf. Uh, I've been leaning on Devin Booker, uh, and I, I think the last time you asked me, you know, who was going <laughs> to step up, and it was after Game One against the Clippers, that loss at home. I remember it distinctly, and and I said, yeah, I, I think I'm going to put it on Book. I yeah. think it's going to be him. And, uh, and that game, he did go off in game two. And, and uh, I, I still think that this is the guy because I feel like the comfort level is there. He knows this is his house. 
Kevin Durant's still trying to get comfortable and, and kind of move into that house, isn't he? But if this is Book's house, and uh, I think he shows it again tonight. Talking to John Bloom, uh, Bloomer campaign, like you said, there's a, a decent chance he's starting tonight, it sounds like. Either way, he's going to play a bigger role. We've seen him rise to the occasion in the biggest of moments for the Suns in the past. Now, it's been kind of uneven and inconsistent since then, but what is a realistic expectation from campaign tonight? Well, I will just look back at numbers because that's what uh, I tend to do, Luke. And when you when you evaluate how campaign has played in the starting lineup, uh, he's not only been good, but he's been consistently good, and that's what you want to see. Uh, you know, I believe the numbers are somewhere around 15 points, eight assists a game. His percentages are up. He just gets that boost of confidence when he knows his number is going to be called on, and he knows he's going to be getting that run and that opportunity, and he's not going to be looking over his shoulder wondering when he's getting yanked off the floor. That's a big deal. That's human nature. And that's a lot of, that's probably something a lot of people listening have felt before. Uh, and it's relatable. And I think uh, Turbo, as we like to call him, uh, man, if he can get into that Turbo drive tonight, that can really be a game changer. I know there's some people going, well, what do you mean? Chris Paul's out. The Suns can't possibly be better without Chris Paul. And that's rational to think that way. I mean, this is a guy that's arguably one of the best ever. But that's not even arguably. He's one of the best point guards ever. Okay? But I think when you put a guy like Cameron Payne in, and if he is able to recapture his form when he has been called on as a starter in the past, including in the playoffs, uh, then it does change the pace a little bit. It makes the Nuggets have to adjust, and that's a good thing right now because uh, the Nuggets are feeling good about being up to nothing. You've got to kind of try to take them off their rhythm any possible way. All right, we need you Suns fans more than ever to rally the Valley for Game 3 and Game 4. Text TICKET to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the noon and 5 o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for Game 3 and Game 4 tickets to see the Suns take on the Nuggets. Again, that's TICKET to 620-620. We come back. Can the Suns turn this around, take a stand tonight and Sunday? John Bloom will stick with us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. All right, welcome back to the show. Obviously a pretty big game tonight, and you know, this is how you know it's a big game, Wolf. John Bloom stuck around for two segments. I know, Bloomer. He was going to watch those Napoli highlights, or he was going to go out and go golfing, or whatever it is Bloom does. He does a lot of things. Instead, he stayed here with us, because that's how big tonight's game is. Uh, all right, Bloomer. We're talking about uh, what's on the line here tonight, and obviously this uh, this weekend with the game Sunday as well. Um, we're going to get into this on the show a little bit later on, but <laughs> if they win this game tonight, it really does kind of swing everything. It's not like all of a sudden they're they're in the lead in the series. I get that, but if you can win just one game tonight on your home court without Chris Paul, that puts a little doubt in Denver's mind, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt, because we talked about it before. Uh, well, there will be doubt. I can't say there's no doubt. Uh, <laughs> there's no doubt we talked there about will it be before doubt. about the, the Nuggets feeling really good. They have to be feeling really good right now, because they know in Game 2 they didn't have their A game, and they still won. And I think the Suns could come out tonight you know, and, and not have their absolute A game and win, but it's going to take you know that full team effort that we discussed earlier. Uh, obviously, you change the series one way or another, Game 3. It's, as uh, your partner would say, the fulcrum. Is it not? Yes, it is. And, Johnny, DeAndre Ayton right now, um, tell me, what do you think DeAndre Ayton needs to do to give the Suns the best chance 
to win this game? What does he need to do? He's got to be full tilt. He's got to go out there, and uh, he's got to have that energy from the start. He's got to beat Jokic down the floor, which he's capable of doing. Hasn't done it consistently enough so far through the first couple of games, but he's got to do it, and I'm talking about both ends, offensively and defensively. When he gets down there first, offensively, he's got position. He's a weapon, and he's right near the hoop. You don't have to really think hard about why that's an advantage. He's the tallest guy. He's closest to the hoop. It's the easiest way to make a bucket. Let's get him the ball. And then on the other end, if he beats Jokic down the floor, he establishes that defensive position, which is so important for this team to have him anchor on that side. So I want to see that energy from D.A., and then the last bit about it is going to be something that the entire team needs to heed tonight, which is defend without fouling. Can't afford when you're even more strapped now that you don't have CP3 at your disposal to have anybody else getting in foul trouble to be limited uh, any more than you already are. So defend without fouling, it's another thing for D.A. to, to keep in mind tonight. Even with all that energy, he has to bring to the table. Johnny, I love I love that answer by you. No numbers whatsoever. You didn't even talk about scoring at all. No numbers, nope. no scoring whatsoever. I love that answer. Man, that's bad. That's what it is. I mean, look, uh, we get so tantalized and caught up with numbers. Uh, it's, it, and it all starts with one. Number one, where he was drafted, changes everything. Absolutely tilts the entire way we evaluate a human being uh, on its axis because of where they were selected in a draft. And I get it. Uh, I totally understand the thought process. But all that's out the door right now. DeAndre Ayton is a weapon. He needs to be utilized as that weapon on offense and on defense. I think there is a clear uh, bond between him and Devin Booker in the way that they're able to operate as a two-man game. Yeah. I'd like to see more of that. We saw some bits and pieces of them running pick and roll with KD and DA. I mean, that to me is, is almost unstoppable. I'd love to see some of that as well. And just in general, I think the Nuggets have done a great job taking the Suns out of their offensive sets. And the Suns need to enforce their will and be able to run the plays they need to run. It's going to make it maybe a little bit trickier with campaign at the helm and sometimes Devin Booker uh, as well, or point book as we like to call him. But uh, that's what's uh, on tap tonight. Bloomer, they did a really good job, the Suns did, in game two of minimizing Jamal Murray's effectiveness. And I know he wasn't hitting shots either, but they they clearly adjusted and had a pretty good game plan of, okay, maybe Jokic gets his points, but maybe Jamal Murray doesn't. But on the other end of the floor, and I know some of this is Aiton, but it's not just him. Do you feel like they've attacked Jokic and his defense enough in the series? No, uh, and I think that's partially partially because of the way the other Nuggets are playing defensively. I think they have been excellent, and we knew KCP, uh, you know, has given Book some issues in the past and can play good perimeter defense. Aaron Gordon with his length, and Michael Porter Jr., who had been picked on the last time these two uh, went head to head, has not been. If you've noticed, uh, the pigeon, as they called him before, as much he hasn't been that guy. And maybe that's credit to the Nuggets for doing a better job disguising their approaches and hiding him a little bit, but I do believe that he, based on his size and athleticism, should be a decent defensive player, and it maybe looks like he's maturing into one, so that's great news for the Nuggets, not necessarily for everybody else, and with regards to your question and approaching Nikola Jokic, yeah, that's getting that ball to DeAndre early in the possession. I think that's one way to do it, because Jokic is going to hustle back to try to keep pace with D.A., and if he's given that effort sprinting back on defense, get D.A. the ball and take advantage of Jokic in that 
moment, I think that's something I would love to see out of the Suns. You know, once again, I think we're going to get resolution. Game three is here. 2-1 and 3-0. <laughs> or 0-3. You know, it, there's a huge gap, a huge chasm between 2-1 in a series and down 3-0. There's a huge gap right there. It's one of the reasons why I'm so jacked up, and I can't wait to see. Is it going to be Book? Is it going to be legendary Devin Booker? Is it going to be Kevin Durant? What, what's going to, is it going to be a combination of the two right here? And then I think, I think of role players. And you've already talked a little bit on this, but I think of the one role, who might be the one role player that steps up in game three and makes a decided difference for the Phoenix Suns? Who might be that person? You know, my hope is that it's Tory Craig, Wolf, because I feel like he can do it in, in multiple ways. I mean, so can Josh Okogi for that matter, but we've seen Tory already catch fire in the playoffs, right? It's not like he needs to go back to a regular season game where he dropped 25 like Josh has a couple of times, but... Already in the playoffs, Torrey had an excellent first round against the Clippers. So my hope is that he can kind of get that back, not only knocking down the corner threes, which he should get some good looks at, but also defensively and offensive rebounding. Yes. Uh, those are paramount for, for TC. So I'm going to stick with that. Uh, and then I also want to uh, wrap back to KD real quick, uh, because we didn't, we didn't get a chance to talk too much about Kevin Durant during this conversation. And I read a piece this morning that I thought was fantastic on ESPN from a, a writer named Ryan Hawkinsmith. I'm not really uh, familiar with Ryan, but I'm going to give him props on your show because I feel like he deserves it. He goes way back in this story with Kevin Durant uh, as a high schooler uh, and how the evolution of this man that I actually like to call the Durantula. That's my favorite of his nicknames, although I haven't uh, had the conversation with him yet, but I've heard that he doesn't love that, so I haven't used it on the air, but now I just did. Uh, but not during a game at least, you know, not like on a play-by-play call or anything like that. Uh, but just to see how this guy was created and this tells a lot about who he is, the work ethic, how it happened. Uh, and, it, and a lot of credit was given to uh, a young man who moved here from Japan who became friends with KD when they were 15 at a basketball camp. So that's as much information I'm going to give you and a little bit of uh, reading material for people who have some time today before we tip off game three. Yeah, looking at it right now. And, and I, I got through about half the story before. I'm going to finish it up uh, after the show. But it is, it's a good one, Bloomer. I'm glad you drew some attention to that. And then just sticking with KD, you know, we you, you assume, because we know Devin Booker better, and he he's just wired that way, where he's going to take the fact that they're down 2-0 personally, and you know what that looks like with Devin Booker. It usually looks like a pretty good scoring night. But Kevin Durant, I mean, that game that he had the other night, while <laughs> stats-wise it's not terrible, but for him to miss 10 three-pointers in the game, he's never done it. I mean, it just basic math would say KD bounces back in a pretty big way tonight, too. It would, and that doesn't mean, like you said, that doesn't mean 40 points or 50 points or something outrageous. What I'd love to see is him facilitating for his teammates again. You know, we saw, we've seen big assist numbers out of uh, KD already as a Phoenix Sun and certainly through his career, and so that's something that I think is, is absolutely important because it, when he is being double teamed, it's about making that right play, and so often in his career he's done that, so my expectation is tonight he does more of that, and that will lead to more assists. Now, obviously, the guys have to hit the shots, and that's, uh, you know, what you hope on, again, those two axioms in the playoffs to be true. Uh, the whole uh, role players play better at home. Let's hope that's the case for the Suns, uh, and the whole the, the series doesn't start until the road team wins a game. Let's hope that that continues to be the case and that the series does not start tonight. 
Johnny, I know that everyone looks at the Joker and believes that, you know, it's, of course, he, he's the MVP. He's the head of the snake. Do you look at it that way? Where does Jamal Murray fall into the equation for the Nuggets? Jamal Murray is a stone-cold killer. I, I've always felt that, Wolf. And, and I have so much respect for him as a player, as a human being, what he's dealt with injury-wise, and, and the fact that he's back playing at this level. Uh, so, yeah, I think he, he absolutely is a big reason uh, for why the Nuggets are, are having success. But Jokic is phenomenal as well. Um, look, I, I think Joel Embiid, uh, was just as deserving of the MVP award, yeah. and I'm not surprised at all that he got it based on the fact that there are a good amount of voters out there that are probably looking at it and saying, can I really put Joker in the realm of the three-time MVP winners, the fact that he would have won three straight. Can we really do that? And I just didn't see them doing it. Even though his numbers and his team and their success uh, certainly would uh, tell you that he deserved it as much. So, not surprised uh, that Embiid won it and also uh, feel like Jokic was deserving. And this guy is as difficult to deal with as any human being on a basketball court. And that's why uh, the Suns have their hands full. Bloomer, we appreciate the time as always, man. Let's Let's make this a good one tonight, That's all right? Johnny. Dude, the energy is already flowing through me. I'm going to need to, like, somehow. What's anti caffeine? Do you guys have any recommendations? <laughs> Just double down Wait with more caffeine. Yeah, forget about that. Why would you go anti caffeine? <laughs> yeah, Johnny, thank you so much, brother. Thanks, all right, brother. have a great weekend, guys.